Hello and welcome to Plattress. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Runaway Duchess by Joanna Lowell. So this was published in 2022 and is the second in the Duke Undone series. And we did review The Duke Undone previously. Uh, it was one of two books we read relatively close together in which the little sister was institutionalized. Yeah. And had to be rescued. So it's the one where the sister in the asylum did not have her own book. It's also the one where this, the woman, the heroine, is an art student and comes across a naked dude lying in an alley and draws him. Yeah, and I think my review of that one and this one are going to be similar in that I like kind of love the concept immensely. Yeah. And then it just lets me down on the execution. I think I think that's something we really need to talk about because that's it's something that's that's really it's really interesting to me about this series and I think I said the same exact thing in the first one. Full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy of this novel. So, let's make that clear. Um also, something I want to mention about the other one is at the time they had not named the series. So it was called the Untitled Series, which I thought was this really cool idea for like a book about artists but uh, unfortunately they didn't he didn't continue with that hilarious naming convention and now it's it's just called the duke undone series i guess because they didn't come up with a cool name Uh, just leaving it untitled would have been better why don't they leave us in charge of these things come on come on guys the book jacket pretty and pampered lavinia yardley always dreamed of becoming a duchess But family disgrace forces her into marriage with the most vile duke in England, and she finds herself desperate for a way out. When a rustic stranger mistakes her for globe-trotting botanist Muriel Pendrick at a train station, Lavinia has a split second to decide whether to submit to her fate or steal someone else's. Neil Tremaine spent his youth traveling the world as Varnum Nursery's most daring plant hunter. Now he runs the nursery and is ready to settle down with a like-minded wife who will fit right in with his large, happy, down-to-earth family. His correspondence with Muriel Pendrake proved they're the perfect match. Odd that the woman in the flesh seems more like a society belle than a scientist. As they tramp the Cornish moors together, Lavinia and Neil discover a wild and rare desire. But this blossoming love is rooted in lies, and when the real Muriel Pendrake shows up, they can't hide from who they are. The truth may wither their hopes of happiness, or it may bloom into the sweetest love of all. I fucking love all of the gardening puns. I'm sorry, I loved it. I loved yeah, that it. was excellent. A plus. Good job, jacket writers. <laughs> it's not a bad book jacket. So. I mean, no. it's a little—it's a little ridiculous. They discover a wild and rare desire. I do understand that they're discovering a wild and rare plant. Like, I get it—that it's a, an orchid or something. <laughs> but I still think it's a little silly. <laughs> it's this concept. Okay, so there's kind of two layers to the concept before we get into our usual summary. There's she's a woman affianced to a disgusting guy who runs away from her own wedding to just be like, fuck it, I can't do this, I'm stressing out. 
But there's a second layer where she's taking on this assumed identity to do so. Within an extension of her own social circle, like it's such a ridiculous premise for those two things to overlap and for no one to catch on at all. That I'm torn between being like, I love this idea of this woman taking fate into her own hands and doing it by any means necessary out of desperation. But the actual execution, it was really hard to believe that this was working on any level. Well, and let's also be clear that she didn't run away from her own wedding. This is a graduate level thing where she's already married. Yeah, she ran away from the wedding like dinner. Night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she went uh-huh. up to her room during the wedding dinner and just never came back down. She Okay, let's let's do our summary. Yes, because I want to get into it. Uh, so as usual, we generated a random number. And then we wrote our own summaries based on that number. And for this week, that number was 34. Wanna hit a, hit us off, Lane? Yeah. The hottest person ever was ruined by her first love, so she agrees to marry an old gross dude to save her shitty parents. Despite the lies they tell themselves and each other, their chemistry is super hot. Nice. Here's mine. Sometimes when you make an impulsive decision, you just have to roll with it. For Lavinia, that means masquerading as a botanist, getting down and dirty with a plant hunter, and falling in love. Aww. <laughs> okay, tropes. She's is she's the hot one, or he's the hot one? Which one she, is hot? She okay, is supposed you. to be like. Again, we bring this up all the time. The woman from the Beauty and the Beast retelling on the boat. Beguiling the Beauty. Thank you. Beguiling the Beauty by Sherry Thomas and other heroines of that ilk who, like, are not just the diamond of the first water. They, like, stop traffic. Like, it is literally an inconvenience. They are so attractive, and it is so obvious. And this one escalates it to a whole other level because she has an extremely bad allergic reaction on purpose in the beginning of this book and is, like, covered in fucking hives from a food allergy and, like, puffy and swollen and marked... And everyone's still like, she's extremely beautiful. And then when the swelling goes down, they're like, oh my God, she's even more beautiful. <laughs> it's, like, it's so outrageous. Trope. He's a botanist. And she's pretending to be a botanist. LOL. There's a, there's a lot of botany. A lot of botany going on in this book. He comes from a big, crazy family, and his reason for wanting to rush into marriage with someone he has never met to the point that he doesn't recognize that he's mistaken someone else from her at a train station is because his mom's dying. And he somehow thinks that, you know, getting married will fix all the problems that have ever existed between him and his mom or some shit. Yeah. He also is just dealing with a lot of trauma in his life. So he is not a sad, tragic orphan. No. Neither of them are sad, tragic orphans, actually. So that's kind of interesting about this book. They both have one dead parent. Or I, let's say they, they both have one absent parent. Yeah. Her dad's not dead. But, yes. But he, he's dealing with something in his past that he feels very guilty about, which mm-hmm. he, he couldn't just be like, have no trauma in his life. Not possible. Yeah. So her trauma is that her dad was actually a criminal. And her pampered upbringing was, like, entirely a fucking lie. And she was madly in love with this man who 
she slept with. And then like one of them, the day after she had a pregnancy scare, he died in a boating accident with another woman. Yeah. And she is still suffering the consequences of that. Yeah. And she's being sold off like cattle to a gross man. Yeah. Uh, This is not a super tropey book though. Um, I don't know. Like she's, it's not a super tropey book in that it doesn't take place in the London season. He's not titled. Like it takes place entirely at essentially this nursery or in the Cornish countryside. So in that sense, a lot of like the society ball tropes can't happen, but of course there's a ball. And of course she saves the waltz for him. And of course they end up in the garden and I think there's a lot of the, their characters are tropes I recognize. Him as like the vagabond scientist who needs to settle down and her as the society darling who needs to be taken down a peg. But you're right, the situations by virtue of her actually being married to another person and them not being in London are very different. Yeah. So I said this about the first book. I'm going to say it again about this one. Basically, what I think... Joanna Lowell does is she takes the over the top ridiculous romance novel his, with specifically historical romance novel setups that I kind of am in love with but she plays them super straight yeah. she expects you to to really believe that these situations are happening and then this is what would happen if someone found themselves in this situation. So mm-hmm. the situation is she's running away from an unhappy marriage. She over she gets mistaken for someone. They're like, oh, are you Mrs. Pendrake? And in an impulsive moment, she says, yes, that's me. And then she goes along with it. Now, if this were written by Elizabeth Boyle, you know that she'd be tripping over her words. It would be really hilarious. She'd be having a really hard time keeping the masquerade going. And even though there would be a conflict at the end where they figure out that she's not Mrs. Pendrake, it would still end up, you know, happily ever after, everything's fine. Mm -hmm. This book is really more like what would actually happen if someone actually did that which is like, oh, this is actually a really shitty thing to do and then continue to, to masquerade as that person, right? Right. So I, th- I think that how much you like this book is going to depend on how much you're going to enjoy that idea. Right. And there's two reasons that I think this just didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. One Lavinia keeps up this masquerade that she's Mrs. Pendrick for days without a plan. Yep. Like she knows she doesn't want to go back to her husband. She's coming into herself and she's realizing, but she's not thinking like I'm imposing on these people. I'm lying to these people. Like there isn't a whole lot of gut, like angst or guilt from her about how this is. And it's unrealistic. She knows nothing about plants. She's clearly a society darling. She's gone missing. And like her father's old employee is at the goddamn house and she gets away with it. Like I just, I was really frustrated by all of that. But the second layer is his big crazy family and work cohort and all get page time. I did not care. It was boring. I couldn't keep them straight. And they ate up way too much oxygen. I was kind of into this book. 
Okay. I, so Lavinia appeared in the first book. She wasn't very likable there. She's, if possible, even more unlikable in this book. Yeah. She's like the most unlikable heroine I may ever have read. And I think I was just ready for that. I was like, yeah, give me the bitchiest, nastiest heroine ever and make me feel bad for her. And Joanna Lowe, I did feel bad for her. Like, I cried. This book made me cry. Of course you did. <laughs> I mean, yes. If, if either of us was going to cry, obviously it would have been me. But it was at the very end of the book. And I was just like, oh, my God. I, was, I really felt for her. I really did feel like she grew up and understood not just that she was in an untenable situation but that she had put other people there as well um, and that she had to dig herself out. And I liked it. What can I say? I was into it. I, I think just in general, I like this idea of the let's, let's take the crazy idea, but then like act like it actually happened. I find it more interesting than you. Yeah. Cause it didn't work for me in the first one either. And right. I think it worked for you a lot better than it worked for me. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. I just, I don't want to say that like Joanna Lowe is courageous because I don't know if that's the right word, but I do think that she took a lot of risks in making Lavinia the heroine of this book. Yeah. And I liked that. I liked, I, I, I liked Lavinia in her unlikability. Yeah. I enjoyed being in her ad. I laughed when she was of course also an author because <laughs> they all fucking are. Like, you got to do something to prove that your super shallow, mean character actually has depth. So they have to be great authors because that's what authors think give people great depth. But I, I, that I could have liked independently, but you're right. Like, leaning up into the absurdity didn't work for me. And another layer, we will discuss this more when it comes to the sexiness. They're often extremely dirty during the yeah. sex scenes. And I don't know what it is. I know I said the same thing during The Duke Undone because that was the book where they talked about in an erotic kissing scene, him shoving his tongue in her mouth. Uh-huh. Like this one, there's a bunch of weird-ass metaphors about her vagina and plants that were actually kind of disgusting. <laughs> it's, oh my God. I, I can't, we have to wait until sexiness because I have a lot to say about it. But Yeah, I was just so checked out and like kind of traumatized. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I was very interested in it. And then Neil also is a hair, is a hero. He's the kind of hero that I like in general, mm -hmm. right? Which is a working, a working man. He's intelligent. He also has a lot of feelings. I don't know. I liked him. And then the way he dealt with learning that she wasn't Mrs. Pendrake was, I, and here's the thing too. I actually do believe that this is how these characters would act probably in real life. This is probably more realistic than most of the other books with these wacko over the top ideas and setups. Right. And I think for me, it's the novelty of, Oh, what would you do if you were, if this actually happened to you, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I, I just, I think it's very, I think it's fascinating. So I liked it. I think it's just hard because, you know, we love honesty. We love it when heroes and heroines are on the same page and just inherently with this conflict, that is not the case. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, she's, they're both also dealing with such incredible emotional trauma, him from this mysterious incidents incident of his past and the guilt he feels about not being present because his job was a traveling one and her for like the person she was and the life she led and everything. And you know, the guilt about sleeping with a dude F society. Yeah. Um, so they both really struggle to articulate their feelings to themselves and to one another. And so on the one hand, I think that's pretty authentic, but on the other hand, it's a pretty boring read to just for chapter after chapter, just have them both like, self-flagellate yeah without any progress actually happening between the two of them yeah yeah Uh, one of the things that I one of the other things I liked was how I I do think Lowell makes it clear that part of that most of the reason why Lavinia is the way she is which is social climbing grasping superficial Mm -hmm. she's a mean girl like she's She's a pretty horrible character. Yeah. But the reason she is the way she is is because of the society that she lives in. Right. And that's the other thing I liked about this book is once she breaks away from that society, not really on purpose, but she is, you Mm -hmm. know, like she, I know this is ridiculous, but she goes back to nature, really, like literally. Yep. And she is able to separate from that. And it's very much a who am I without this. Mm. So so she's able to become the person that she is. And that sounds super cheesy. But I liked it. Her journey is definitely fun. Yeah. Except this book does not try to be fun about it. Yes. Oh, my God. That's yes. You're 100% correct. You are correct. This is not a fun book. This is a angst filled journey into two people's psyches but I kind of liked it I don't know what can I say and and again I think you like it for a lot of really valid reasons a unique character taking it very seriously like thematically you're right Joanna Lowell is doing stuff that other people aren't doing I think it's just like you said has to do with how much you want to buy into that versus how like frustrated are you about this seriousness combined with this ridiculousness? Yes. Absolutely. You may like this. It is not a badly written book. No, it's It's it's, just, it's yeah. It's just not generic. It's not, it isn't. It's very true. Okay. Content warnings. There are, I don't want to say there are a lot of content warnings, but like I just said, this is an angst fest. Mm-hmm. So Lavinia is married to a gross guy. She was basically groomed by another gross guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, how old was she when they when they met? Like fifteen, right? Uh, I mean, her and George. No, her and George were friends from the cradle. Right. I'm sorry. I meant when they like started. Uh, the year she was supposed to make her debut. So, so probably, probably 17, 18. Yeah, I was going to say 16, 17, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. Yeah. And so she her does not have, have it easy. Though. No, no, yeah. no, she does not. She doesn't have it easy. Um, and again, the, in the first book, her father was brought up on charges. He's in prison. As he should have been. Correct. I really liked that about the first book. 
in this book, you do get to see those consequences, not just for him, but for the family, which is what some people were trying to convince the hero of the first book, you know, not to <laughs> basically not to prosecute because think of the family, right? Well, and weirdly, he sort of gets his redemption arc in this book if he needed one. We both love that he was sort of like, no, justice must be done no matter. Yeah. Like, people must suffer the consequences of other people's actions yeah. sometimes. But when she comes to him specifically with a request that has nothing to do with redeeming her father, he helps her. Yeah. Like, it's not about punishing her. Exactly. Oh, I, there are so many things that I really liked about this book. Yeah. It's not going to be my favorite book ever. But I, I liked it more than I disliked it. Uh, any other specific content warnings? Oh, at cancer. Yeah. You know, just to just to put that in there. I know that there are certain times in my life I wouldn't have wanted to read that. Yeah. Um, I, I, nothing. I think everything in it was handled well. And the cancer and just the manipulation are really the only things that could potentially be trigger warnings. If we're missing anything, let us know. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about sexiness. Because when I went, I read this book, it did not strike me as I was reading it. Thinking back on it and writing about it, I was like, wait a minute. It's like every time they have sex, it's like in the dirt, like in the literal dirt. She ties it into like the earth. Yeah. Like, literally. And, and he describes her vagina with earth words, like, boggy. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that one's literally used, but that was the sentiment. Oh, my gosh. It's, she's a good writer in that there's, like, a theme there are, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I, I didn't even realize it at the time. So anyway, the first time they make love, it's like they're out tramping. They use the word tramp a lot, actually. So mm -hmm. they're tramping. And they he basically figured out who she was and makes her tramp all day long. And she's all sweaty and gross and has blisters and shit. And then for some reason, they're like, they can't resist each other after that. It's the, like, okay, you've exposed me, but while everything was fake, my attraction for you wasn't real, so we must consummate this one time before we say goodbye. Just, like, you can shower first. <laughs> they could have. I mean, even I was like, oh, oh, that's a little interesting. Gross. Interesting visceral. Choice. Yes, visceral. <laughs> but then, like, the next time, it's in the flower beds. Yeah. I was so checked out by that one. I think Joanna Lowell, like, I don't find what she finds sexy. Sexy. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it was sexy. I will be completely honest and say that I would not have minded, you know, they're out in the nature, like, find a spring to bathe in and then yeah. have sex. Or just, like, don't describe how disgusting they are. <laughs> yes, because she I, really leaned in. She really did. <laughs> like, you really felt how sweaty they were and not because they got hot and sweaty with each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I also, they were like, this moss is so spongy. And I'm just like, it's, it's moss. <laughs> Not a bed, not a pillow, 
Yeah. I I was willing to, I'm willing to buy into like outdoor sex. I'm willing to buy into it. But she did the same thing that she does with the book writ large, which is take the outdoor sex idea, but make it realistic. And once you do that, you're like, oh, maybe I'm not into outdoor sex. Right. It's like the the image on a movie screen of two really hot people fucking on a beach is great. In reality, there's just a lot of sand. Right. In places that you don't want sand. It's not hot to think about that, though. No. And I, I, I'm willing to read about it in a romance novel. But yeah, like not if you are really going to lean in like Joanna Lowell did. Or even with the one in the flower bed. The flower bed one was was sexier. It, again, I just don't even the where she gets floored is not where I want her to be floored. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And weirdly, for all that she writes characters who whom there is this palpable sexual tension, the moment that they finally give into it always seems weirdly calculated. Hmm, that's interesting. Like I bought the heat between these two characters, but you're right. The time they decide to consummate their relationship they've just been fighting they're disgusting and they like consciously talk about starting to make out rather than like getting swept away in the passion and then it's also clinical that my brain is like no yeah I, I did think it was sexy that said I was taken out of it a little bit by thinking about the realities of the situation yeah which to be fair is I think the point of her books Right. So, so I can't criticize is, it from that perspective. It is not closed door. It is on the page. It is explicit, but it is not a one-handed read. <laughs> no, it's not. Definitely not. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. We'd love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, and be sure to check us out around the internet. We have a WordPress site at plottrists.wordpress.com, Instagram at plottrists. You can email us at plotrists at gmail.com and we're on Goodreads slash plotrists.